You are listening to the Daily Homily for Magdala in the Holy Land. Jesus said to his disciples, You have heard that it was said, You shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, that you may be children of your heavenly Father. For he makes his sun rise on the bad and the good and causes rain to fall on the bad, on the just and the unjust. For if you love those who love you, what recompense will you have? Do not the tax collectors do the same? And if you greet your brothers and sisters only, what is unusual about that? Do not the pagans do the same? So be perfect, just as your heavenly Father is perfect. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. At the Last Supper, Jesus said, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. And in the same spirit, much earlier, 1,000, 1,200 years earlier, Moses is saying to the people, if you love God, keep his commandments. When we love somebody, it cannot be just words. It cannot even be just good wishes. Good wishes are part. Words are part. But it should be actions. Parents do so much for their children because they love them. Spouses do so much for each other because they love each other. And so uh, there's a wonderful expression at the end of the spiritual exercise of St. Ignatius of Loyola in the classical form, the last month. And there are four contemplations or meditations every day. And in, the, in a classical, well, there are different forms of doing them. But the final one, at the close of the spiritual exercises, which is a very fruitful pattern of prayer and examination of oneself in all those days of silence. And the final meditation is a meditation to grow in a loving response to God for all the love we have experienced from him. And in an opening word about this, and in an introductory guiding principle, St. Ignatius points out that love is deeds, not just good intentions. And it's also mutual. That's the second. He does those two points, that love to be complete is responded. Uh, in, in a similar way. Obviously, our love cannot be the same as God's love for us. It can be the same in the measure that it can be total, inasmuch as it can be total with all our imperfections. So here we have this extraordinary expression of Jesus. You should love your neighbor as you should love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. That means bring blessing upon them to bring blessing upon those who persecute you. And there's in, this is in chapter 5 of Matthew's Gospel. So we're in the Sermon on the Mount, just uh, 30 verses after the Beatitudes, the eight Beatitudes. And one of the Beatitudes is really, in a way, very shocking, is 
Blessed are those who suffer justice, suffer for justice sake. It's a blessing for us to suffer for justice sake. This is an extraordinary, extreme position. To consider, first of all, to suffer for justice sake is very unjust. And to consider oneself blessed because that happens to oneself is an extraordinary level of spiritual maturity. And we're dealing with the very core stuff of the gospel. This is the most central uh, truth. This is deeply connected to the mystery we are celebrating, preparing for Easter, to the crucifixion, to the Eucharist, is the total uh, path of self-giving without hatred that Christ leads for us. And this is where we're heading towards Lent. We're about a quarter of a way there already, 40 days, we're about 10 days into Lent. And we're on this path to be in sync, mentally and spiritually, and on a path of growth to encounter Christ and to become one with him in his path. And he does precisely this. He brings blessing upon those who crucify him. And the Roman centurion finishes that day saying, truly, this was the Son of God. So what greater blessing could he get? And he was the one who crucified. He led the crucifixion. He made sure it happened well. According to protocol, mission accomplished, crucified. So uh, this is maybe easy to talk about and very hard to do. We could have it as a nice thought and considered heroic thought, and the place where it's carried out is where people hurt us. And then, first of all, we have to challenge ourselves not to get angry with them, not to get upset with them, and then to obviously see if we did anything wrong because maybe we provoked them for some reason or other, subjective or noticeable or unnoticeable, conscious or un unconscious. Um, but let's say that it's 100% unjust what they are doing. And it's intentional and it's very negative. And this has been the history of religious people, not just in Christianity, people get persecuted for their faith. But the Christian attitude is to pray for those who persecute us. This is extraordinary. This is an amazing teaching. It's challenging us to the core of our being and it leads to a very deep purification of our heart because then we have nothing to gain in this world and we have to trust completely in God we are following the path of a call in Christ to join him, to follow him. This was his effort to teach the apostles here from the Sea of Galilee 2,000 years ago. He said, come follow me. And if you want to follow me, take up your cross every day and be my disciple. Deny yourself. And the end of the road is Calvary. And all of these Fishermen who had a very different idea of life before they met Jesus uh, follow him and they all become martyrs. And so many millions since them have chosen this path. It's extraordinary. And it's deeply transformative of the, each person 
and of the world around them when they do this, because this is the true witness to the gospel. It's okay for me to get up here and speak, for other people to teach catechesis, but it's in the life of parents who have very difficult child, and a difficult teenager, a difficult adult, or estranged relationships in family, friends, neighbors, and not to bear negativity over hurt received. This is so difficult for us human beings. And therefore, we really can't reason ourselves into it. We can't, I don't know, force ourselves into it. It's a path of love, and that's a path of growth. And some things maybe hold us back, our pride, so it has to take some hits, and we have to become humble our desire for comfort and not to be troubled, and we have to realize it's an uphill, thorny, difficult path following Christ. So we have to be resilient. We can't be softies and follow Christ. And then maybe we have a lot of like, kind of side goals we want. We want our drinking habits. We want our pastime habits. We want certain type of indulgence of our senses in certain kinds of TV and shows and humor that's really not human dignity. So we have to say, no, I have to be detached from, maybe we're attached to certain people and we have to say, no, we have to become free, free to love, free to be a sacrifice. Because the person who suffers unjust, uh, injustice for the cause of justice is making a huge sacrifice. And that's what Christ does, and that's what the Eucharist is. And in the union with Christ in the Eucharist, in the union with Christ's sacrifice on Calvary, is where we are molded, transformed. We're forged like iron in the fire. We're transformed, purified like gold seven times in fire. These are biblical images that speak to the heart and clarify what's going on here. And at the end, we can't convince ourselves we have to ask for the grace. It's a gift from God. It's a grace, and that's why we celebrate Mass. Thank you for joining us today. If you want to learn more about Magdala, follow us on YouTube and on Facebook.